At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. I'm Danielle Vari here in the VSIN studio with Wes Reynolds. And now joining us on the desk are VSIN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel, affectionately known as JVT. We talked about this a little bit at the top of the last hour. Some big news for the Celtics after their loss in the series to the Nets last night. Danny Ainge announced he's resigning as Celtics president. Brad Stevens planning to transition from head coach to head of basketball operations. What does this mean for this Celtics op- organization? So, obviously, new era, right? In yeah. It's funny that a guy who can, I think it's three Eastern Conference finals that he's been to, and yet it's one bad season. We're ready to jump ship on a guy like Brad Stevens. So Boston. Uh, right. Yeah, well, it's nuts. So, I mean, look, I think overall, Brad Stevens is going to be interesting because you're a guy that's a head coach now taking on a different role. Uh, Danny Ainge built that team and did a really good job from the length he was there up to this point. So it's been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, but now this is finding a new head coach and, and seeing the direction of this team because one of the flaws, you know, I was really down on Boston this year. And one of the big flaws I thought was roster construction, right? No real depth in the front court, no depth period outside of the starting five. And so now Brad Stevens has a hand in that to a certain extent, building this roster up. So I'm really interested to see that. And you got to hit it out of the park with a coach. I, I think a guy like Kenny Atkinson, is really solid assistant assistant coach right now with the Los Angeles Clippers did a really good job with the Nets right before of course Steve Nash comes in and takes over and he gets fired over there so I, I think you'll see his name pop up at some point but it's pretty fascinating because this is this is a really disappointing year for a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals a season ago in Orlando and there's some upward mobility when you have stars like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown yeah but you saw that lack of depth obviously yep. when you saw these players get hurt like you know we have people just sitting out the whole time so you can see that as well yep. it's about drafting though right yeah. it's signing free agents it's getting guys who are going to be capable you know humans loves Romeo Langford right uh, I say that sarcastically yeah, yeah, right. Romeo Langford. <laughs> uh, but like you know draft picks like that Danielle when like hitting on certain guys you got to be able to do that right? right and so when when you have one guy that you pull out of the equation from your starting lineup and then your efficiency your net rate all that stuff starts to tank because you don't have a lot of depth you got to fix that I mean, when Tatum went out last night, right, uh, just briefly, he yep. was getting looked at, and I, I think we were on primetime action, and Matt Brown said, good luck. Yep. Good luck, Celtics. Nothing. They yeah. got nothing outside of them. Yeah. So, John, moving to Danny Ainge real quickly, who uh, leaves and retires, forced out, depending on, on your perspective yeah. here, but 
I think his tenure was very successful. He did win a championship in Boston. I, I know the expectations when they had all those draft picks that this was going to be Trader Danny again, and it really didn't seem to happen or materialize that way. So when you look at where this roster is right now, it kind of seemed like it was maybe time for Danny Ainge and the Celtics to part ways. Not that mm-hmm. he did a bad job for his career there and his tenure, but you know sometimes you need a new voice. That's Brad Stevens with the new voice. Looking at this roster though going into next season Evan Fournier really the only guy that's a free agent I'm not sure if they're going to bring him back or resign him that's about 17 million dollars over the cap what do you think this team needs or what moves do you think that they make to get back to the top of the east I mean you would think that like front court depth is going to be right at the top of the list right like that is something that has eluded them for a really long time now and you try to put a band-aid on it you try to get Tristan Thompson you go acquire Mo Wagner I think that's kind of where you start if you're talking about front court depth and then you're just talking about overall depth. You know, Danielle mentioned it in terms of just this last game that we watched. You know, the scoring just falls off a clip without Tatum. And look, they've been banged up. If Brown's out there, there's a little bit more help. But you're talking about a Celtics team that now over the last two seasons has finished in the bottom 20s in terms of bench scoring. Like, you need a little bit more in that regard. So, to me, I think you're comfortable with the top guys that you have for the most part. It's about adding adequate bench talent to then supplant that so when you're going to your bench, you don't have this massive drop off a cliff when it comes to offensive, defensive efficiency, and just output in general. So, I think that's where it is. Like, I don't think you would see necessarily big names. I think you need to see those quality names to kind of fill out the rest of this roster and and help you out from a scoring perspective because that's been their biggest weakness, I think, over the last two years. How difficult of a situation is this new coach going to be walking into with the Celtics team? How far beyond repair is it? What do they need to do? Oh, I I think I would love this job, right? Like, you know, you, 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 I think. (laughs) I think we'll keep you, though. I think we'll keep you. Right, right, right. (laughs) But I think, you know, there's coaches who, for like their entire tenure, are looking for a player at the level of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And now they have two of them on the same roster. It's like, there's a lot worse situations to walk into. Mm-hmm. And basketball players are so impactful. If you figure out what's going on with your depth and you can you know, acquire guys that help you out, you're going to see a turnaround like that. And, you know, again, this is a team that was in the bubble in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, you're going to see a pretty quick turnaround, I think, here. Yeah, absolutely. We also have some games to get to. We'll talk about the Grizzlies and Jazz, Mavericks and Clippers, Wizards 76ers and Hawks Knicks, all right here on the Lombardi line. All right. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. I'm Danielle Avari. We're here in the VSIN studio. And by we, I mean Wes Reynolds and JVT, also known Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. We're talking about tonight's games. We have four games going on in the NBA playoffs. Let's start with one of the games we haven't got to yet. Game five for the Grizzlies and the Jazz. That one at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Jazz lead this series three to one. The game opened with Utah as a 10 and a half point favorite. Total sitting around 225. And who do you like in this one for tonight? So I think overall it would be like I think it's going to be Jazz or pass. Like it's essentially a game I'll probably pass because there, there's a couple of things, right? One, Memphis defensively, pretty solid team. Like you would think to be able to slow things down, maybe make it more. You know, we see these elimination type games, right? We mm-hmm. see teams with the ability to stay within big numbers like this uh, because they'll slow things down and muck things up. But to me, it's it, this series has been all about, for lack of a better term, because I've been on the show, I will use it. Uh, it's been a numbers game, right? Like. If you look at the way these two teams operate, you plug in the show you're working on this right. week. Yeah. Okay, but but like if you look at it, it really has because you know Memphis has is a team that operates strictly in mid range, right? Like that's where a majority of their shots come from. One of the top teams in terms of shooting, they have an elite mid range player in John Morant, right? And so that's where they have operated all season long in terms of their offense. Not very good offensively in terms of three point shooting. But then you have this team coming in in Utah. One of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, third in terms of team shooting percentage, tops in terms of frequency of three-point attempts. And at the end of the day, these are two teams that exploit the other's defense very well. Utah struggles against elite mid-range scorers. Chris Paul had their way with them. John Morant's averaging 30 points a game, so they have trouble with that. And then the other end, Memphis, 19th in opponent frequency of three-point attempts, 20th in opponent three-point shooting. Those are the kind of things that, all right, you see these high-scoring games. All these games have gone over the total, but at the end of the day, Memphis has been trading twos for threes. And that's why you've seen them since Donovan Mitchell's come back with the inability to cover some of these numbers. So, like, if the Jazz are going to come out and, again, have a solid shooting night, I'd rather be on the side of Utah because, again, just statistically, you're behind the eight ball if you're Memphis in terms of the way you both play offense. But it's one that I just kind of stay away from because the market has finally adjusted a little bit here, right? Didn't really adjust in the two road games. It was like five and a half for both of them. Usually you see with results the market and the power rating adjust a little bit. You see it a little bit here, and I wouldn't be surprised if it gets like 10 tonight. I want to get back into the games here for tonight for the NBA playoffs, but we do have breaking news, and mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about Ooh. it in the open here in terms of Brad Stevens. Off? 
Brad Stevens now getting moved up, and he was kind of the long-rumored guy. It's always been kind of like maybe he'll take over at Duke someday when Coach <laughs> K retires. Well, someday is going to be after this next season. This from Jeff Goodman from Stadium, at Goodman Hoops on Twitter. Mike Krzyzewski has decided to retire and call it quits. After this coming season, multiple sources tell Stadium the official announcement is expected soon. Leading candidate to replace Coach K. Boy, that's a tough replacement to make, but it's going to stay in the family. Looks like it's going to be former player and current Duke assistant John Shire to take over for Coach K. So Duke did not make the tournament this year, of course. And Coach K obviously oh, was lamenting. Yeah, he was lamenting <laughs> the fact that, oh, this COVID-19 has just affected us as opposed to the other 350 right. Division One teams. But right. nevertheless, he is going to have one more year here and finally retire from Duke. John Shire looks like he's going to be a replacement. So uh, it was all I, I thought this was funny that this breaks today shams kind of broke the brad stevens story at stadium earlier and this time jeff goodman i thought it was funny that brad stevens has kind of been the long rumored replacement at duke because coach k is obviously very high on brad stevens and has a good relationship with him they of course competed against each other in the yep. national championship game where gordon hayward's half court heave looked like it was going in it did not go in so coach k gonna have one more season a victory lap maybe down in durham and john shire gonna take over now, I know we're going to get into some NBA props later, but before we move on from that Grizzlies and Jazz game, anything you would look at or any players you'd be looking at, especially in terms of player props for that Grizzlies no, and Jazz as, game? You know, the other day when I was talking to him, I can't remember, I think I might have been on primetime action, but, like, you know, we brought up, like, John Morant and his mm -hmm. score, right, and how, how good he had been. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the times you'll see those point total props get a little bit more inflated as the series goes on, especially mm -hmm. when a, team, or a guy like John Morant has the success that he has, and then sure enough, he goes under his point total prop that day that we were talking about it. So I would tend to, in, when it comes to player props, especially star players, my first tendency is to look under, especially if they're having success in a series, mainly because you're laying more points than you really should in terms of what their prop is at. Right. Well, the other game going on tonight that we haven't gotten to yet is the Mavericks and the Clippers. That at 10 p.m. Eastern, that series all tied up. Who's going to take the lead tonight? So, I, well, I think the Clippers are going to win, you know, right? <laughs> it's going out on a limb considering they're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, and it's, what, a $3.50 favorite in terms of the money line. But I, I will say this. What I find really interesting from a point spread perspective is go back to game two. Mm -hmm. Game two, Clippers opened up six, and they closed seven. It was a really good spot for them. They ultimately lost the game outright but the market had adjusted a little bit in that right. game, right? Then you come back to this game where the market opens up seven. So, again, back at home, same price you're laying in game two. But there is a difference, right? The, the difference is, is that, one, you know, the momentum has shifted. But really the tangible difference is, look, not just his bad shoulder. And, and so you didn't really see the market adjust off of that, game, that number in game two. Mm -hmm. But now you're starting to see it. You know, during the show, it got up to as high as eight over at the Westgate. You're back down to seven and a half. Eight seems a little strong. I, I understand the market moving in the direction of Los Angeles. But I would also say, you know, this has been one of the slower-paced series, but both of these teams have been really good offensively. I would expect this to be a little higher scoring, mainly because I think the Clippers, the times they have been successful, have pushed the pace a little bit more, have gotten out in transition a little bit more, and they've been really even in terms of their offensive efficiency throughout the series. So I'd expect a 217, like, that seems a little low. And you're seeing mm -hmm. 217 and a half pop up. I wouldn't really like a side, but playing this over the total would be the way I would look. And to your point, John, the pace has been really slow this se this series. Yep. If you look at 26th and 28th, respectively, in pace between the Mavs and the Clippers in the regular season, been even lower in this series. But the shooting has been outrageous. If you look at Dallas, now they came crashing down to earth in Game 4. They hit 17 threes in Game 1, 18 in Game 2, 20 in Game 3, and only 5 for 30. And part of, probably that was partially because of the Luka Doncic injury at least uh do you think the shooting kind of maybe falls somewhere in the middle sure. of these two extremes <laughs> right. here at some standpoint you, you would think like I, I think that is going to be the case right and we saw like the clippers the clippers evened out big time first game they shot 27 percent from three the rest of the way they shot a pretty even kill like right around 38 39 percent remember mm -hmm. as a team they shot 42 percent in the regular season but you're right and you know what's interesting in terms of like the contrast here wes this is the slowest-paced series out of all of them, right? right? Only 91.3, 91.4 possessions per game, and yet the Clippers have the third-best offensive rating in the NBA postseason at 123.1. Mavericks are eighth at 116.9. So I, I always, you know, you always got to remember when it comes to these series and when it comes to the postseason. Just because the game slowed down, that doesn't really indicate that it's going to be a low scoring. Efficiency overall is what's going to dictate what's going to happen. And so while this has been a lower-scoring, you know, lower-paced game. 
this has been. We've had a couple of these games go over, and I, I would think that this is going to be one where, again, if the Clippers are going to win, if the market and the move is correct here, this is going to be a little bit quicker than we've seen over the last few games. You A little bit more offensive success for both teams. So some news for another game going on tonight. Wizards and 76ers, Joel Embiid officially ruled out. So are we going to see some line movement now, or was that already kind of expected? Well, so it's funny with this, and I, you're going to see – I would expect you see some line movement because – we always get this when it comes to the market mm -hmm. where, you know, the market hedges that the player that is doubtful, the star player is not going to play that the market hedges in the direction of that player not playing. Right. You know, we saw this some spots open seven or down to six, but I'd expect and we, but the weird part about it is once the news is official, even though every report is he's probably not going to play. But then you see the market still react to the official news that he's not going to be yeah, out there. Yeah, the, the betters don't understand that right. that's already taxed in or Correct. priced in in the market because it was six. It still is six and a half at BetMGM. So would not shock me to see this go down to five or five and a half at the bare minimum because uh, Embiid now ruled out it is a small lateral meniscus tear in his right knee. Uh -oh. And that was reported by the Philadelphia 76ers. They are listing the condition as day to day. But mm. we know Joel Embiid has had these knee injuries so uh i'm a little bit concerned having a five to one eastern conference ticket on the 76ers here if this is going to be long term but in terms of tonight's game game five it is already i think priced in so be careful about yep. chasing the money move here yeah i completely agree and the other thing too is let's not forget this might not register with a lot of people there's another injury in this series a team in Washington that is shooting 31% from beyond the arc just lost Davis Bertans for four to six weeks mm -hmm. or essentially the season because I don't think they're moving on from here. And so, like, that's another factor here, too, where think about the prototype. Like, what Philly becomes without Joel Embiid is defensive lockdown. They're going to play, you know, a little bit slower. Ben Simmons likes to get up and down the court, but they're a defensive-oriented team that is really challenged for offense. And so losing a guy like Davis Bertans, who is a decent three-point shooter, that's only going to hurt you if you're the Washington Wizards. It might not be a big name, but to me, it's a pretty big blow for a team that's struggling to shoot in this year. So let me follow up on that really quickly. Danielle and I briefly previewed this game in the first hour. 229 and a half. Oftentimes you see when a star player goes out, they can rally and replace that offense. But I'm actually kind of looking at the under in this yep. game, and I'm interested to see your thoughts and what you mentioned about Bertans being true here. I just don't think Philadelphia in terms of the inside, even though you're going against an interior in Washington that usually you can score against, but... I still think 229 and a half looks a little high to me on the total. No, I would I would agree with that. And we've seen the market move, right? Open as high as 230 and a half. If I was going to play it, it, it would be under the total, mainly because of the loss of Embiid, what the 76ers become, no Davis Bertans out there. Like, this is, I think, going to be a little bit more of a different game. This might be a pretty ugly game as we look at it. I mean, think about that run that they went on without Embiid in the regular season. Like, they led the league in defensive efficiency, but those were some low-scoring games because they were just going out there and suffocating teams, Philadelphia, because they had no offensive outlets. It's funny you say that they're going to become this lockdown defense because that's something I would love to see against, say, the Nets team. But yeah. the Nets now have to get through the Bucks in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Game one set for Saturday. Uh, series winner line right now, the Nets minus 175 and the Bucks plus 145. Who do you like in this one? Or do the Bucks have to get through the Nets? I don't want to see it. So, so <laughs> I, I think, I mean, look, if Embiid's seriously injured, this is a de facto Eastern Conference Finals, mm -hmm. right? Whoever's going to yeah. win this could potentially move on past a, a scuffling Philadelphia team or, you know, an Atlanta Hawks team, assuming that they close this out, that they have a 3-1 series lead and move on. But regardless, look, so I think the Nets win this series. But, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a very tight series, right? Like, I don't think it's going to be by any stretch a series which Brooklyn blows through, which surprising because Wes and I had noted this right before we came on the air. You know, the bucks you can get right now, like, plus 200 over at Circa. To me, that's a price that is kind of worth looking at, right? Minus 235 on Brooklyn and this kind of a series seems really high if you just consider, like, their obvious flaw at this point right now, which is defense. So if you're telling me you have the 21st-ranked defense in the NBA in the regular season and against a Milwaukee Bucks team that matches up with you relatively well, you're winning that series 70% of the time, like, that's a really high price tag on Brooklyn. So if we're talking, like, $2 – the value to me is on Milwaukee because at the end of the day, while I believe Milwaukee has its issues, 29th in perimeter defense, right? Allowing opponents to shoot the second worst right from beyond the arc, you're going to get burned in a series like this. And I think it's a seven game series overall, but Brooklyn's like Brooklyn's floor is so high compared to the rest of other team ceilings that that's going to get them through series more often than not. 
But again, you're talking about the V word value and where that's supposed to be. If you're giving me two bucks on Milwaukee, I think that's really hard to pass up. Yeah, and just as we mentioned that, the $2 kind of disappear here in yeah. the market. Now seeing, I think, 190 at BetMGM. Or yeah, plus 180, be, right, right yeah, when I went to go look. Yeah, yep. we're starting to see the 180s and the 175s here. And Because we were remarking, it was like, I think $2 is a little bit high. And I'm not ag- I'm not against you there. I think Brooklyn should win this series. And really what you see, and you kind of saw it in round one, their offensive numbers mask a lot of flaws with this mm-hmm. team. And when you can be able to do that, you can get away and you just have a higher margin for error. That being said, I thought $2 was a little high on the Bucks, But if you're going to play the Bucks, assuming this price continues to go down, would you rather play the Bucks and kind of speculate on the Embiid news and maybe play them to win the East? Or would you rather just stick with them in the series? See, that's tough because, right, because usually at this point, the whole rolling parlay is probably going to be more effective for you sure. as you move forward. But the, the fly in the ointment is if Embiid is not going to play, it is better for you now at this point, I think, to take a series for a futures price on them because they're going to be a pretty big favorite in the Eastern Conference Finals series, either mm-hmm. against Atlanta or against a Philadelphia team without ben, or without Joel Embiid. So that's all. that all depends on information. The questions like that are tough because it depends all the information mm-hmm. that the second we get, the prices are going to adjust to what we're talking about here. So right. those are the two tacks that you take. If you have inside information that you think Embiid is not going to be out there, then a futures price on an Eastern Conference Finals or an NBA Finals would be the way to go. And let's say he doesn't play. Do you think yep. Atlanta has enough in the semifinals to beat them in a seven-game series? I would still say no in that. Like I, I have a lot of respect for Philly defensively. Like If you remember mm-hmm. that 13 games they played without him when he got hurt right in the throes of his MVP candidacy, right. they were really good. Like By far, they led the league in defensive efficiency. And, and against a team like Atlanta, where you have a lot of matchups that can work there, right? You have somebody that you can throw on Trey Young. You have somebody on Bogdan Bogdanovich. You have all of these pieces that you can handle from a personnel standpoint. That'd be a tough series, but I think ultimately still I would take Philly in a series like that. Okay, that makes me feel better because I also have a the Sixers, I was going to say Philly, Sixers yeah. to win the Eastern Conference final ticket, but we not all, quite as juicy. All three yeah. of us got something on Philly yeah. in the big picture, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm hoping they can pull this out and get to at least an Eastern Conference finals. The other game going on that we talked about a little bit at the top of the hour, but we'd love to get your take on, obviously, Hawks at Knicks, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The Hawks lead the series 3-1. to one. Game opened uh, with the Knicks, a favored minus 1.5, total sitting around 207.5. I got dubbed the Knicks hater by social media because, <laughs> and I might have played it. the heel. I might have played the heel a little bit um, and, you know, twisted the knife as I watched Atlanta just kick the absolute crack, uh, crap out of them in the two games in Atlanta. No, look. I thought for the most part, Daniel, I, I, when I wrote this up initially, thought it was going to be a six-game series, playing out exactly like this. 3-1 series lead, come back, maybe lose this one, go back to Atlanta, win this thing in six. Uh, because at the end of the day, if you look at the three games in which Atlanta has won, the big discrepancy has been from beyond the arc. And I, I have pounded the table on this with New York. As good as they have been defensively, you give up the third most wide-open looks from beyond the arc in the regular season. You're doing it again in the postseason. The difference is your opponents in the regular season shot 34% on those attempts. The Hawks are shooting 45% on those attempts. You can't get away with that in a series like this where you're playing the same opponent who's using game plans and are going to exploit those open looks. So, like, if the Hawks are going to come out and shoot those open looks or hit those open looks like they didn't in Game 2, right, they're going to lose. But I think at the end of the day, the gap is is big enough between these two teams. So, like, I thought this was a fair number. The power rating hasn't moved much between these two. I actually have some respect for the Knicks home court because of what we've seen through the first two games. So it wouldn't be surprising to see the Knicks win this thing. So I didn't see an edge in this number, but I am hoping that the Hawks can close this out so I can get this series better. You and I both, but Atlanta obviously has performed better offensively at home in this series. I think it's 104 points per 100 possessions on the road at MSG, 119 and a quarter at home. Well, thanks so much to JVT for joining us. I didn't get to ask you one of my questions. Who do you think is going to win the Suns and Lakers series? So you'll have to follow him on Twitter to learn more. Uh, Stick with us. We're going to talk about the MLB slate next on the Lombardi line.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lombardi Line, the show presented by BetMGM. Danielle Avari here with Wes Reynolds in the VEASAN studio coming to you live. We have MLB action going on tonight. We've neglected it a little. We got excited about the NBA playoffs, but we're going to talk all things baseball right now. Let's start with the Mets and the Diamondbacks. That one's starting at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Uh, David Peterson on the mound for the Mets and Madison Bumgarner for the D-backs. Who do you like? Yeah, and John Von Tobel and I were talking about this on a numbers game a little bit earlier. David Peterson, I think, is due for some positive regression. If you look at where he is, 491 on the ERA, because John and I kind of handicapped the same way. We kind of used to do a bit here on the old show, The Edge here on Visa, and a buy low, sell high. 
And this is kind of a buy low spot if you really look at it for David Peterson because 339 on the XFIP is very good. It's a lot better than the ERA because sometimes I think betters maybe to look too closely at the ERA and not closely enough at the fielding independent pitching in terms of uh, the lock with the BABIP. Batting average balls in play. Uh, that's always uh, kind of a long thing to say, so we go with Babip. But anyway, he's going with against Mad Bum today, and I still think right now, if you look at the D-backs in terms of the favoritism in the market, when a pitcher has a no-hitter or like a perfect game or some kind of really good outing, you sometimes don't see the price adjusted for a few games. And that's what you're getting with Mad Bum. Before he had that no-hitter down in Atlanta, albeit a seven-inning one, I'll still call it a no-hitter for argument's sake here. He had not really been good to start the season. And if you look at his numbers throughout the season now, 4 and 5, 515 ERA, a little bit better on the fielding independent pitching, 458. But he's older now, and these numbers are very pedestrian, really, for, for Mad Bum. And I think you can get some value here on David Peterson at plus money. I think I'm seeing as high as like maybe 107 in the market. I'm doing a, a double check here as we go. 107 is the high watermark I see. Mets blew the save. It did go to extra innings last night. D-backs, Josh Reddick with the two-run double made me very happy because I was on Arizona. But I'm going to go ahead uh, and go with the Mets here. I think David Peterson, the numbers just indicate maybe this is a good buy low spot against kind of a middle-of-the-road pedestrian pitcher at this point in Mad Bum. I want to ask you more about BABIP because we've talked about it before, but if you're newer to baseball betting, when you're looking at this stat, what are you trying to predict using it, or what does it tell you? Yeah, if you look at the luck, like batting average balls in play, about uh, 300 is about kind of the average, Mm -hmm. really. And if you see a guy kind of in the low twos, that means you're getting a little bit of luck. That means you, it kind of measures defense a little bit, too. That means balls aren't finding holes. Mm-hmm. That means your defense behind you as a pitcher is are making plays. Right. And sometimes when you see a batting average balls in play at like 350 or exorbitantly high, sometimes it indicates bad pitching, but sometimes it indicates bad defense behind you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe balls are just kind of luckily finding holes. You know, when you get those little dribblers kind of by second base and it just gets through and the second baseman or the shortstop can't get it and it's just a little dribbler and it finds its way through well those are hits and those lead to big innings and a lot of runs being scored so that's what you're kind of looking at when you're looking at how lucky or unlucky a pitcher has been okay great and then nationals braves also going on later today 7 20 p.m eastern the pitching matchup features john lester versus drew smiley which side do you like here, or you want a total? What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Nats, and I and I paid going on the Braves last night. That was uh, not a good performance for Max Fried as uh, Strasburg left the game very early, but the Nats had the whooping sticks out at the plate. But I'm just looking here at some of the numbers. Drew Smiley mm-hmm. just, to me, has not been able to, I think, stabilize because that's what the Braves are trying to do. They're trying to stabilize, I think, that back end of the rotation, and they have not been able to do it. If you look at John Lester, look, his numbers aren't great either. 415 ERA, 465 on the XFIP, and obviously 37 years old, kind of on the back nine of his career. But this is more fading Drew Smiley here. Home runs per nine innings, 2.76. That is very, very high. And he's given up a lot of hard contact to opposing hitters. He's mainly a fastball pitcher. The Nats can hit fastballs, and the Nats also can hit left-handed pitching. 338 in what is called the WABA, weighted on base average. Very good against fastballs. I think they're going to get to Drew Smiley. I thought plus 140 was kind of high. I know Lester's numbers aren't great, but neither are Drew Smiley's. So when in doubt, I'll go with the underdog when you got two-week pitchers. So Nats plus 140 for me. You're getting me really excited to make a yes, there will be a run in the first inning bet on this game. Well, the total the total is at 10, and yeah. you've got some ERAs high. So I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that assessment. Rays and Yankees also going on tonight. The Rays lost last night. Do you think that they bounce back tonight? Yeah, I think uh, I think maybe the Yankees and the Yankees are getting the money because McClanahan, a very good left-handed pitcher, but mm-hmm. he's going against a team that hits left-handers very well. So small lean to the pinstripes, but it has moved about 15 cents already. More coming up on the Lombardi line. We'll talk NBA player props for tonight.
Welcome back in. Baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com slash MLB and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. Daniel Alvari here with Wes Reynolds. Now, before we get into tonight's NBA props. We have some news out of Duke basketball this morning, Wes. We do. Uh, and this from Jeff Goodman, who broke it first from Stadium. Stadium breaking everything today, of course. Shams with the Brad <laughs> Stevens. Danny Ainge moved there in Boston. But Coach K going to retire. This is going to be his last season, according to Stadium. Leading candidate right now, this is not confirmed, but that John Shire Coach K's former player, now on staff with him, is going to have the inevitable task of uh, going ahead and replacing Coach K. It's not quite like the Bill Guthridge, Dean Smith situation at North Carolina down in Chapel Hill when, obviously, Guthridge is a little bit older. John Shire still in his 30s, so a very young coach and probably a more active recruiter, which you kind of have to be in modern-day college basketball. But... Ironically enough, uh, we didn't get one more year of Coach K and Roy down there in Tobacco Road because Roy is now already out at North Carolina. Hubert Davis, of course, his longtime assistant and a former player at UNC takes over. So, look, this is a big sea change in college basketball when you have two of the all-time winningest coaches and really the all-time winningest coach in the case of Mike Krzyzewski leaving the game. So, a big sea change. College basketball is really going through some adjustments. Of course, we had that NCAA tournament uh, with COVID-19 without a lot of spectators, but this is a big seismic shift in the sport for sure. End of an era in a lot of ways. Coach K, five national titles, 12 Final Four appearances, 12 ACC regular season titles, and 15 ACC tournament championships. Most wins ever, as you mentioned, with 1,170. So huge news there. But we do have some basketball going on tonight in the NBA. Let's talk about some player props. Let's start with the Wizards and the 76ers. We had JVT on at the top of the hour, and he mentioned that this Sixers team without Joel Embiid, which we've confirmed he's not playing tonight, is going to become a defensive lockdown team. So for that reason, would you be looking at unders more here? Uh, I would actually be looking at overs maybe oh, wow. with a couple different players. And and I do like the under in the game. But mm -hmm. in terms of somebody that I think is going to make up at least a little bit of the scoring, you know, logic would say, okay, the stars, Harrison Simmons. But I would maybe be looking down at Seth Curry here. Because if you look at what his average, he started off hot and then he kind of slowed down at the end of the season, but the minutes declined a little bit. He averaged only 12 and a half points, 2.4 rebounds and 2.7 assists. Playoff minutes are about the same. He's averaging 28. He averaged 28 really down the stretch in the regular season. But in the playoffs, Seth Curry is at 12.3, 1.5, and 3 assists, respectively, in terms of his stat line. But I think this could be a good game for him. I think maybe looking at some overs, especially on the assist side and also on the three-pointer side, maybe even on the point side is where I would be looking. I think uh, he is a guy that maybe could make up some of that scoring. But to the the overall point, I do lean with the under in this game because of what JVT mentioned with Bertans being out in terms mm -hmm. of offense. Philadelphia's defense also does not get enough credit. So over on the Curry props, but probably for the game, I'm going to be playing the under. What about if we take a look at the Hawks and the Knicks tonight? Uh, Trey Young's points prop sitting at 25 and a half rebounds, three and a half and assists, nine and a half. His three pointers attempts at two and a half. Anybody jump out to you in this matchup? Yeah. And if I'm going to handicap it, I guess, through the game, I kind of lean a little bit with the under here at this standpoint. I have not necessarily played this. So. I would maybe want to be looking under perhaps on some of the R.J. Barrett unders because I think when this is an elimination game for the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau I think is going to rely a little bit more on his veteran, and that mm -hmm. would be Derrick Rose. So I could see Derrick Rose being a little bit more active offensively, maybe so more so than R.J. Barrett, where Derrick Rose is going to kind of going to look for his offense a little bit more than being kind of the leader and the ball distributor and the runner of the offense off the bench. So I, I didn't really – no real props really stood out to me for Hawks Knicks, but if I were looking, maybe R.J. Barrett under points here. That's a good point with where they're at in the series, especially.
actually. We also have Grizzlies and Jazz. The Jazz lead that series three to one. Again, that game opened with Utah as a ten and a half point favorite. Total sitting around two twenty-five. Anything you would look at for this Grizzlies Jazz games in terms of player props? Well, in an elimination game, and look, this is already going to be tax. Keep in mind into these numbers. So you look at Ja Morant. And the points are what's going to be taxed first before anything else. And, uh, I mean, he's been great, obviously, in this series. Uh, had 47 points in a loss in game two and then had 51 combined in the last couple games. So he's averaged 25 and a half the last two games. That's where the points prop is. But I guess where I would look maybe at Ja Moran is I would maybe look a little bit more at the assist prop necessarily than the points prop because I think the points prop is getting taxed and kind of what would bear logic is that okay, John Morant's got to have like a 40-plus point scoring game if they're going to stay in the series. Mm -hmm. So the other things kind of get ignored. Well, he's still going to have a lot of possessions where he can distribute the ball. And if Morant plays big minutes, which I would expect him to do, Mm -hmm. you look, he's averaging 8.7 assists per game when he's over that 36-minute mark. So John Morant's probably going to have to play 40 minutes and not get very many breathers tonight. So I would be looking at assists on the over, which I think is actually juice to the under at seven and a half other guys on his team obviously going to have to step up would you look at a Kyle Anderson prop even 11 and a half on the points five and a half rebounds three and a half on the assists probably the rebounds is the one that stands uh, out to me because <laughs> there are going to be times where Memphis is going to have to go small maybe to match when Utah goes small and Gobert goes out of the game so that puts a wing player like Kyle Anderson mm-hmm. in the four spot or in the five spot where he can get some rebounds we kind of saw that when we talked about that yesterday with Robert Covington who easily went right. over his props yesterday day for Portland let's sneak in the Mavs and Clippers here too going on tonight uh any players that stand out we know that the Mavs like to run it through one player but that is just not going to work against the Clippers team well and the three-point shooting that we talked about with JVT at the top here Mavericks uh were making tons of threes and then dropped off a cliff in game four at five so you got to think at least there's (laughs) going to be some regression to the middle it might not be 23s made but it's certainly not going to be five we'll have to see what Luca's injury is going to be Mm -hmm. but some Somebody's probably going to get more shots, and I would think that that would be Tim Hardaway Jr. for the Dallas Mavericks. So I would be looking at him maybe over three-point attempts or perhaps mm-hmm. uh, even perhaps over points, even though 16 and a half looks high on the surface. But Hardaway has made three or more threes in 39 of 70 regular season games this season. So I would be looking perhaps at Tim Hardaway to maybe take a little burden off Luka in terms of the outside shooting. Lots of exciting things going on in the NBA tonight. Four games for us to get into and an exciting guest joining us in our next segment. We'll have Josh Applebaum, Beeson Sports betting reporter. He'll tell us all about the line movement on the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and even some futures right here on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. You can turn a $1 wager on the Knicks or Hawks into $100 with BetMGM if either team hits a three. Just use bonus code VSIN100 when you sign up for the king of sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details and make sure to use promo code VSIN100. That's V-S-I-N-100. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We're back on the Lombardi line. Danielle Avari here with Wes Reynolds. And now we're bringing in VSIN betting reporter Josh Applebaum. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Danielle West, it's great to be with you. Yeah, a lot of line moves today, guys. But really, one thing before we break down all these games today, it's been chalk in the NBA playoffs. You've seen this happen really consistent consistently throughout the postseason so far you had favorites go three and ATS yesterday and here are the updated stats for you favorites are now 27 and 14 against the spread 66 percent a hundred dollar better taking every favorite on the spread so far this postseason starting with those play-in games you'd be up around twelve hundred dollars so uh, really one system that I look out for is the short favorites with if they're laying five or less you saw it go two and0 uh, yesterday with both the Suns and the Nuggets but that spot there, laying five or less as a favorite, 18 and five against the spread, 78%. We do have some system matches today, guys. Wow, lots of my line movement going on in the NBA. Let's double back to that. But first, I want to get into the NHL with you here. The Canadians and the Jets, right? What are you seeing with this game tonight? Second round, game one, 7.30 p.m. Eastern start here. And the Jets are favored to win the series at minus 135. Yeah, Danielle, this one's really interesting for a couple of reasons. I think there's two things you're looking at if you want to sweat the Jets tonight. Number one, 
uh, you've seen a line movement toward Winnipeg. So this game open, Jets are on a very short minus 110, minus 115 favorite. They've been steamed all the way up to around minus 140. And we have seen in the playoffs so far this season, when you're a favorite with a line move in your favor, it's been profitable. They're 22 and 12, 65% here. So that would match just with the market moving toward the Jets. But I think the angle here, if you like the Jets, Danielle, is this huge rest versus tired advantage. We saw uh, the Jets take care of uh, the Oilers very quickly, swept them 4-0. Their last game was May 24th. Then you look at Montreal, a thrilling win in game seven. They were down 3-1, ended up beating the Leafs there. But they played two days ago after a seven-game series. So you have one team hasn't played since the 24th. They're rested. They're ready to go, rehabbing injuries. You have another team that played the 31st. That's a very short turnaround here. So uh, to me, looking at the line movement here, looking at this rest first tired advantage, looks like the Jets are in a good spot, similar to what we saw with the Avs when they swept early their series, then played the Vegas Golden Knights, who came off a of game seven. Kind of sim similar sort of uh, sort of thing here. So look at the Jets with this line movement with a big rest advantage tonight. Yeah, rest versus rust, and you did mention it. We saw that materialize here right here in Las Vegas as they had nothing for the Colorado Avalanche. We'll see if the Habs can go ahead and break that trend. Josh, before we get to the NBA, though, we'll close that out. I do want to get to some baseball. We've got an early game. A couple uh, rained out today, but game about to go off in about 30 minutes in Wrigley Field. Denilson Lamette against Albert Alzale, Cubs against the Padres. Seems to move to the under because the wind is blowing in there at Wrigley. Of course, we never get totals until the morning of the game. No overnights for Wrigley Field totals for betters that aren't familiar with this. But Cubs in the under certainly taking the money here. You're totally, uh, totally right here, Wes. The under definitely at Wrigley. You always got to check the weather there. That's the one stadium where the, you know, how strong the wind is blowing and what direction it's blowing can have a really big impact on your totals, which is why, as you mentioned, Wes, these odds uh, with the totals usually don't come out till uh, really the day of the game. But you are right that seven being juiced up to the under. It opened seven and a half, got down to seven uh, with the wind blowing in. But really, guys, I think this is a good spot if you want to sweat the Cubbies here because uh, we've seen the Cubs play very well recently. Remember, they struggled early. They're eight and two over the last ten. They've won the first two games of this series, seven to two and four to three. They're going for the sweep today. And I think what you're seeing is the public is all over San Diego. They're kind of saying, hey. The Padres are a great team. There's no way they get swept. They got to bounce back and win this game. However, the market's really telling you the other the other side of this because this open kind of the Cubs like an even, you know, kind of like plus 105, plus 100 uh, dog here with the Padres as a favorite. It's completely flipped, guys. We're now seeing the Cubs move, getting steamed pretty big here. They're all the way up to around minus 125. So you'd also have that gambler's fallacy of, hey, Cubs can't possibly win again. Yes, they can. Steam's coming in here on the Cubbies. You also look at um, a favorite with a low total. Anytime you have a favorite low total of seven or less, that's a good sign. Fewer amount of expected runs scored. More likely it's going to come from that better team. And then also no Fernando Tatis Jr. here. He's out. And also the Cubs have been good in this spot. They're 20 and 10 as a favorite. They're 20 and 10 at home. Lines moving to the Cubbies as a contrarian reverse line move. I'd go uh, I'd go Cubs in this one, guys. And the market certainly also seeing the numbers on Denilson Lamette at three on the ERA, almost five on the XFIP. That is a big discrepancy. So I'm right there with you, Josh. I think uh, the Cubs uh, getting the rightfully placed money. Another game we looked at as well, Marlins and Jays. That has Pablo Lopez facing Alex Manoa. What have you been seeing on this game? Yeah, Danielle, similar sort of thing. And this match is one of my favorite systems, which is an interleague favorite with a line move in their favor. They've done very, very well this year. Uh, updated numbers here in interleague play. If the line goes to the favorite, those favorites have gone 37 and 23, 62%. So that's kind of what we're seeing here across the market. Toronto open. Uh, remember, they had a win 5-1 last night, cashed the minus 150 favorite. But Toronto open around minus 145. They're getting steamed up close to minus 160. It would have that interleague line move in their favor system. But also, I think you're, you're betting on two things. You're betting on the bats of the Jays. Jays are hitting 259, led by Vlad Guerrero Jr. That's second in baseball behind only the Astros. Miami's hitting 231. They're uh, down kind of the, the 17th overall in baseball. But the other thing is not just the bats. I think you're betting on this kid, Alec Manoa, because he was great in his debut against the Yankees. Uh, he went six innings, two hits, uh, only two hits, seven Ks. He's pitching again today. They're at home. Big move to the Jays in interleague spot. It's another favorite with a line move, favorite low total system that would match with Toronto today. All right, Josh, big night in the NBA playoffs. Four games here, a very packed slate tonight, and we get it started with Atlanta and New York. Atlanta, 3-1 to one series lead, trying to close out the Knicks in the Garden. And Knicks uh, right now one, one-and-a-half point favorites, total 208. What are you seeing here? I haven't seen a lot just looking at the screen in terms of movement, but what are you seeing here in this one? 
Yeah, Wes, you're totally right. There really hasn't been much movement. This pretty much opened at one and a half. It stayed one and a half. You had some shops that were minus one up to one and a half. I'm seeing some shops that are down to one right now, but this is important. I think the lack of movement is important because uh, you, typically what we've seen in this playoffs is if you're a favorite, you're really popular, you're getting all the support, um, but that's not really the case here. This is almost kind of a buy low spot on the Knicks because the public has seen Atlanta go up three to one and, and win the last two games and cover the last two games. So this is kind of a rare, almost a contrarian favorite here that you don't get too often in the playoffs. So the fact that this hasn't dropped to a pick em is notable to me. It tells me that you may have some respected money on the Knicks tonight. And this really reminds me of two things. It reminds me of game two. Remember at MSG, guys, that was a 101 to 92 win by the Knicks. Similar sort of thing, minus one, minus one and a half, minus two. Uh, also, it would match kind of a favorite off a of blowout system that I like. So if you are off a of blowout loss of 10 points or more, you come back the next game and you're favored. The public says, that's ridiculous. Why would I lay points with a team that just got blown out? However, that was the same spot last night with the Nuggets, uh, which cashed, and that system is about 56% ATS. So I'm thinking with this Knicks play here, I think you know the obvious thing is take the Hawks and the points. They're playing well. They're up 3-1. to one. But I like the Knicks in this spot. You're buying low. You're off a blowout loss. You're also in this short line move uh, or also a short favorite, five or less, which we know has really crushed it this year, 18-5 and five ATS, 78%. I know you're also looking at this Wizards and 76ers game. The Sixers lead the series three to one, but no Joel Embiid for them tonight. What, what line movement are you seeing on this one? Yeah, Danielle, one thing is, you know, this is kind of a split ticket count. It's down the middle. Public doesn't really know what to do. Yeah, the 76ers are really good. They're at home, but they don't have Embiid. Then you also say, hey, how do I not take the points here with the Wizards? So we saw a small adjustment at one point. You know, a lot of these books open six and a half or seven. Uh, I'm seeing right now the six and a halfs look like they're going down to six. So maybe a little bit of movement there liability to the Wizards in this spot. Again, it's been a chalky playoff uh, where the favorites have covered a lot of these numbers. But guys, I'm looking at the total in this game. This is intriguing to me. Open 229 and a half. It's pretty much stayed where it's at. At times, it's gotten to 230 even. But I think the play here is um, expecting some more overs. We've seen the over go three and one this series. I think without Embiid, you automatically think, hey, less scoring. But maybe that actually opens up the paint, opens up more scoring here. Uh, and you have seen three over refs in this game. You guys know me. I like looking at the referees. I think it's just interesting. All three refs tonight are over refs. Ed Malloy, Trey Maddox, Josh Tiven, all to the over around 52 to 54%. Uh, plus kind of like a uh, the system we like here, 220 or more in the playoffs, the over 17 and eight. So I'm looking at an over spot here. Uh, I think you're kind of buying low without Embiid, uh, thinking it's got to go under, but really this thing hasn't dropped. It stayed where it's at or even trended a little bit up. Memphis in the Jazz. Jazz trying to close out the Grizzlies tonight. 3-1 series lead. Currently 9.5 on the line, 226 on the total. Been a fast-paced series so far. 98.3 possessions a game. Jazz games 2-4 through four after they dropped game 1, the opener of the series. 128.6 in the O rating. Looks like you like the over here tonight, Josh, and I can't necessarily disagree with you. Wes, you hit the nail on the head. The keyword there, possessions. A lot of possessions, a lot of back and forth, and you're right. I like this over tonight. So, Real quick, with the spread, it's kind of stayed nine and a half. Some shops were 10 and a half, down to nine and a half. So if you like the Grizzlies, again, a little bit of movement in their direction. But the play for me is the over. You've seen the over go 4-0 and this series. I know it's kind of chalky, kind of a, an obvious way of thinking. It's gone over a lot. Just take the over again. But I think you're kind of seeing the market reflect that. A lot of these books were 225 and a half up. They even got to 226 and a half. They're kind of 226 right now. But you have seen the over go 4-0. This would match that system 220 or more, the over 68% this playoffs. And here are the scores of these games, guys. 233, 232. We had a 270. We had a 221. So I'm not going to outsmart myself or outthink myself too much. Moving to the over. Over's done well. I'm going to bank on another over tonight, guys. I'm very upset with you because you might have talked me into betting on the NBA again. You know, I usually like to bet the WNBA, but thanks so much but, to Josh. But no WNBA tonight, Daniel. No, I what know. It's a sad do? day. I know. You got to come over. Yeah, I know. It's a sad day. I might have to make an NBA bet. Thanks so much to Josh Applebaum for joining us today. Uh, thanks to all of our guests. Uh, we have Steve Mackinan, Lou Finacaro, JVT, and as I said, Josh Applebaum. Thanks for letting me join you guys here on the Lombardi line. Daniel Avari and Wes Reynolds will be back tomorrow, but on My Guys in the Desert. Next up, the Nuts on Beeson.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.